Ponder that phrase for a moment. It's your breath, God, that we pour out. Remember how the Lord himself breathed the breath of life into Adam. And so the Lord has given each and every one of us life. And it is that breath of God and that word of God that is in us that when we praise him and when we speak of him, that is what we pour out. Not our words. His words. His breath. He is risen. How I and probably each of you gathered here this morning need to again be reminded of and hear and hold on to those truths and that word. I kind of find myself in this time of some emotional change. See, and, uh, and I didn't tell her this, but it's all right, you know anyway. So. In about 10, 11 days, Julia graduates high school. Now, we've had another daughter, Elizabeth, there, who's graduated. I've been through this before, and we've sent one off to college before, but yesterday, working through this text and, and where God was leading me, I was like, so why is this raising up in me? And I think part of it is, is, this realization not only of her growing old, becoming uh, truly an adult and a woman, and becoming more independent, but I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know that's um, relative. Uh, you know, maybe if, particularly if you, we compare ourselves by chronological lay, age, but here's the thing. Here we are, church, amazing grace, surrounded by retirement communities like Del Webb, The Villages, uh, Continental Club, you name it, right? That's that reality around us. And because of that, it kind of um, seems natural at times that people talk about these realities of growing older. Things like, growing old isn't for sissies. <laughs> Or, growing old is hard. Or, I wish I knew then what I know now. <laughs> and it seems to kind of go on and on. Yet, I think one of the greatest gifts of growing older is hindsight. Now, I know when I even hear that word hindsight, um, Often negative things are what rise up in my mind. Things like, but if I had only taken that job, <laughs> or if I'd kept that stock a little longer, or if I hadn't sold that beach land to go to the seminary, man, would I be set. <laughs> and it's not only ones like that, but it's also hindsight of those painful experiences we would rather not remember. And I believe that there are many more positive benefits that come with hindsight. I'm going to return to that in a few minutes. 
So today we have the familiar and the wonderful continuation of the resurrection account. And notice that I chose the word account there. Because the more that I try to understand the culture and the world that you and I are part of, a, not only a post-Christian world, but some would define it as a pre-Christian, meaning there are so many people out there that it's not like they came and they left and they have that foundation still, but there are so many getting near a majority in the West who have no basic understanding of sin, of grace, and of God, and of a Savior. And so I'm cautious these days about using words like a story, because people can hear that as in, well, yeah, that's just another story. It's fiction. It's not true. And on top of that, I'm even cautious these days about, you know, saying even like, well, God be with you. Well, why? Because, well, who's their God? How do they hear that? Through what rose-colored glasses are they perceiving and receiving what we're saying? So I want to identify the one who is truly our God, our Savior, almost like, in a sense, Thomas did today when he said, my Lord and my God. So today we have this continuation of the wonderful Easter resurrection account. And here is Jesus, alive, in the flesh. And he comes and he suddenly appears in the midst of his followers. And I love how he immediately knows what they need and how or what they are struggling with. And his response to understanding where they are and what they are grappling with is he says, peace be with you. He knows what we need. For as is recorded in history, they were gathered together behind locked doors in fear. In fear. Jesus not only knew their need, but he came to them and he met their need. My peace I give to you. I love how our God and Savior, he takes the initiative and he comes to us. Now you can well imagine you know, what the text describes here. I wish, you know, well, Jesus came and he stood among them and he said, peace be with you. And after this, he showed them his hands and his side. And it says, and the disciples were overjoyed. Huh. I think so. <laughs> Wouldn't you? They had been with him all this time. They had seen him perform miracles. They had sat at his feet and been taught by him. They had eaten with him. They had traveled with him. They had then seen him arrested, beaten near death, a mock trial, hung on a cross, dead. And there he is. And the text says they were overjoyed. So yesterday, as I'm reviewing this, I asked Siri, Siri, what does overjoyed mean? You ready for this? Very happy. 
And I'm like, that's not good enough. Not when you have seen and you understand everything he went through for you and me personally. You bet they were overjoyed. They were thrilled beyond all measure. So why am I again telling you this? Sometimes I think we wish we were there. I think we wish we could have been there to see and to touch the scars, to see him in the flesh alive again. Sometimes I I think we, we maybe think to ourselves, our faith would be stronger if I had been there. Sometimes I think we feel a bit like Thomas. See, he wasn't there on that first night of the resurrection. And the others, they told him later, we've seen the Lord. And and you remember his reply. I will not believe unless I see with my own eyes and touch with my own hands. Wow. I have to say that's a strong statement. Weren't you listening, Thomas? Did you hear him talk about how he would have to go to Jerusalem? Didn't you see him connect the prophecies of who he was, what he needed to do to accomplish for the salvation of the world? But unless I see and I touch with my own hands, I will not believe. Well, as our reading said, a week later, Jesus again came to them, encouraging them with his presence and his peace. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting. Believe. Thomas heard, and Thomas saw, and Thomas believed. And he said, my Lord and my God. But Jesus then addresses you and me and all those since. Verse 29, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Blessed are those. You and me and all who are alive today, who were not there, who did not see, blessed are those. Jesus understands, my friends, he understands our sinful human nature, that we want firsthand evidence. I mean, haven't you ever told somebody that? I I want the evidence. I'm not going to believe it unless I see it, unless you show it to me, unless you prove it to me. That's our sinful human nature. Now, this is where the hindsight comes into play as this incredible blessing. You understand that hindsight doesn't have to only come from our personal experiences. We benefit from that of others, like a child learning from a parent's experience. You know, where a parent says, now be careful, don't do this. And we don't do it just because we know it all. 
And we don't just do it, you know, because we're trying to control them. We're doing it because we know the consequences. We know the results. Sometimes they listen and they learn from our hindsight, our experience, and other times they're like, well, i got to see for myself. And, and I know there are a number of times that's exactly what I did. We often then want or are blessed by someone else's experience and hindsight. Blessed are those. How? We are blessed by having the full recorded history of God's promises. The prophecies. We know what was promised, we know what God said would happen, and we have the scriptures that not only show us that, but reveal to us that they were all complete in Christ Jesus. I love how the New Testament says that all God's promises are yes in Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes to life that is everlasting. Yes to forgiveness of sins through the sacrifice of His Son. Yes. See, you and I, we don't stand there in the midst of what's happening like the disciples did then, trying to figure out, saying, wait a minute, wait, didn't He say, what's going on? What, how are you here? What is this? We get the blessing of hindsight to look back at the big picture and see what He has done. And it is complete. Did you notice how each of these recorded appearances of Jesus occurred? Though the doors were locked, he came and he stood among them. And I stand here before you today and I tell you and I assure you that he is still doing this today. He is still coming into our lives. He is still coming right there in the midst of us, in the midst of whatever we might be going through, whatever fears or whatever doubts. How blessed we are to have the very prophecies and the recorded history of Jesus' death and resurrection. Blessed are those who have not seen with their eyes, but have seen with their hearts. When I typed that phrase yesterday, I'm like, oh, I should have chosen that song. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see Jesus. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We can't see God with our own eyes, but we can see his activity in our lives. We can't see God with our own eyes, but we can see his power working within each and every one of us. But not all, not all are receptive. After 21 years as of this June as a pastor, I have to say to a great extent that we see what we want to see, and we believe 
what we want to believe. I've spent time with a young man who was raised in the faith, who was instructed, and he finally told his parents, and he told me, he said, I don't believe. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. There is no evidence to support it. And besides that, my life is good. I have no need for God. As I met with him in person, we began to explore things and what was coming in this, and he had been reading things on the internet and talking to friends who had not been raised in the faith, but just kind of finding a generic spirituality and just, you know, there's great value in morals and, you know, the community and things of the church. And, and this young man, he, he loved science and he loved learning. And I said, tell me what you do. When you are presented in science with some problem and, and there's a couple of different theories that are given to you, what do you do? And he said, well, I, I research, I study, I, I, I seek the answers, and then I compare and I follow, I accept that which has evidence to show that it is true. I said, so how's that going in regards to your Christian faith. At first he said, well, I've been doing that, but I'm not finding the answers you're telling me are there. The next time we met, he said, truthfully, I've not been doing any real comparison. He wasn't in the Word. He wasn't even seeking the counsel of someone who could be a mentor, a discipler to him. I thought of him yesterday after I had written this and was working further on it, and, and it was a reminder to me it's time to reach out to him again. But it goes back to my statement of often people will believe what they want to believe. couple of things. One of the reasons we often only believe what we want to is because believing, when it comes to the Christian faith, people hesitate because of the fear of the unknown. What's it mean? What are the implications on my life? You know, that's part of it, is just that unknown. The second one that strikes me is often a fear of how such belief will lead to change in one's life. And if you're happy and you're content where you are, then why? Why bother? I don't want to change. I like myself the way I am. Here's something I need to remind us of. God made you and me with free will. Kids who are in confirmation with me, they've heard me say, listen, he didn't make robots. Where we, had, we were programmed one way and we had no alternative. No, we are given free will, the ability to follow, believe, and do so in response to how God loves us and meets us. We have free will. Here's my prayer. 
that you today will know that even though we deal with the reality of a tainted mind, the attacks of Satan, the attacks of the world, today, may we recognize how blessed we are that we have the very Word of God. We have the recorded history of what happened. We have the recorded eyewitnesses who saw him and believed. We have the evidence of how Christianity took off and spread like wildfire and is what it is today. May today, as you see, not with your physical eyes, but with the eyes of your heart, may you believe like never before, and may you then live for him. He is risen. Hallelujah.